Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, now joining us is Gitto Thuelen, who you may know from the Jackcast and the Cromothern Journal, also from this podcast where he frequently appears talking about Swansea. But today we will be talking about Wales, who Gitto, as I'm sure you're well aware, uh, beat Northern Ireland 1-0. Uh, to, to continue on in the Euros, you're going to be facing Belgium next, but we'll touch on that in a minute. Talk us through that match against Northern Ireland. Uh, well, it, it, it wasn't uh, the perfect performance by any stretch. It was, it was an awful game, actually. Um, we expected a tough match against Northern Ireland because their tactics are basically to stick everybody behind the ball, get very, very compact. And just try to steal goals, basically, um, when, and, and take advantage of what few opportunities they get. And that tactic managed to get them through to the knockout stages. Uh, it wasn't quite good enough to beat us, even though they were probably, if I'm honest, a better team. Um, I don't think Wales played particularly well. Um, we were slow, didn't really move the ball very well, um, didn't have the same energy that we had in the group stage. Um, made a few more mistakes and, and, and struggled to break down Northern Ireland, if I'm honest. Um, but we've, no, I, I never had the feeling that Northern Ireland were going to score. Um, I didn't really think they had the quality to trouble us that much. They had a few efforts, which were, you know, Wayne Hennessy made one or two good saves, but they were saves you'd expect a goalkeeper of his quality to make. Um, and then Wales... With well, in the end, it, it took a Northern Irish player to score really for for us to win the game. But it was a, it was a moment of quality from Gareth Bale who whipped in a, a beautiful cross um, right across the six yard area, um, and he was going to Harry Robson Carno who would have had an easy tap in. But Gareth McCauley, I guess, felt that he had to do something to try and stop it. But in the process, um, just put it into his own net, um, and you have to feel sorry for him. But there there was nothing he could do actually to to just prevent that goal. He, it was just that he scored instead of Howard Robson Carnu. Um, the end result would have been the same. Um, and, and after we went the goal up again, never really felt that we were in danger of throwing it away. Um, so despite it being a, a pretty ugly game and being a re- bit boring and, and well, not very entertaining any, any way, shape or form. Uh, the important thing is that we got through um, and we have now equaled, our best performance in a major tournament. Um, the only other occasion being the time we got the quarterfinals of the 1958 World Cup and went out to Pele's first international goal. Um, so whatever happens, we've you know exceeded all expectations and we're just loving it still. <laughs> yeah, and, and you fully deserve to. Uh, 
who impressed you in this match and more harshly who disappointed um it was a match where few players reached the heights that they have i i'll give if i was to give a man of the match for wales it would be to james chester who actually in my eyes has been our most consistent top performer in this tournament i think he has been absolutely incredible in defense um he's used to getting overshadowed by uh, ashley williams um and ashley williams had a good game against northern ireland too but James Chester has just been brilliant. He's done so little wrong throughout this entire tournament. He's, his judgment's fantastic. Um, he's strong in the tackle, commanding in the air. Um, he's also very intelligent with the ball. He doesn't lose the ball very often. Um, and and it's, it's good. You know, he's no great footballer. He just doesn't take any stupid risks. And he, he really values the ball when he's got it. Um, he's just got a brain on him. Um, which is great, and I, I think he's really deserves a bit more credit, if I'm honest, outside of Wales than than what he's been getting so far, because he has been one of our be- best perform- performance uh, performers, I should say. Um, I, I was very impressed with him again. I thought he kept Northern Ireland in check, um, really limited their threat brilliantly, and and was once again our best defender. Um, in terms of people who disappointed, um. I mean, Sam Volks wasted the only clear-cut opportunity that we had, apart from the goal, um, where the ball was floated in very nicely from Chris Gunter. But it still wasn't a, you know, uh, an easy chance to take, but he, a man of his aerial ability probably should have gone on target. And maybe, I think, we, I think we looked a bit more threatening when he went off for the more mobile Hal Robson counter. But it, the, the team in general didn't live up to their previous high standards it was a bit where well, they they struggled to cope with northern ireland's very very negative and defensive well not negative actually i'll i'll take that back very sort of defense compact style of play um they 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 struggled to build the kind of attacking momentum that we had in in games against uh Slovakia and in particularly the extremely open russia um so i i it was a game where a lot of players didn't quite hit the hit the heights that they had, but hopefully when we play in the next round, um, you know they'll they'll find their best form again and raise their game. All right, obviously uh, a big narrative that was going on was that all of these uh, British sides advanced uh, Ireland as well. Of course, do you have any reactions towards either beating Northern Ireland or England's exit? Um. I think Northern Ireland did really, really well to get this far. I mean, they, when you look at their squad, uh, I think I think there's a statistic that says they've only got about 40 players that they can actually choose from um, to, to to play for Northern Ireland, full stop, you know, at any level of football. So, you know, they are limited in, the, in, their, uh, in their options. And when you look at the squad, it's not a massively talented squad. It is, you know, there are some good defenders there. Uh, McGovern and Goal has shown himself to be an exceptional shot stopper in this tournament and if you know I, I, I have no doubt that he's going to be earning himself a, a, a nice move in the summer uh, if he wants it um, but like I said they've got some good defenders they've got Stephen Davis in midfield but that is about it you know they, they've not got much ability apart from that um, and so to get out of what was a very difficult group um, including Poland, Germany and uh, Ukraine uh, to get out to that group, I thought was a, an amazing achievement, better than I expected them to do. 
uh, better than pretty much anybody expect them to do. I thought they played really well against us, uh, just didn't have that quality in the end. Um, but, you know, their fans, from what I've been told, absolutely loved in Paris. They were just, they, they've just, they looked, they've just embraced it. Wherever they've gone, they've had a great time. Um, and I don't think they've got anything to be disappointed about. I think they've been brilliant. Uh, a real breath of fresh air, if I'm honest, because, um, that, you know, they're so used to being among, you know, closer to the San Marinos and the Liechtensteins than they are to the, to, to, to the, well, the good side. Um, this is this is an opportunity which I don't think they expected to get, and they've embraced it fully, and that's that's what we've tried to do too. So I think there's a bit of um, there's a bit of good feeling between the two teams. Um, as for England, um, there is no disappointment at all in seeing them exit. Uh, I am absolutely delighted because the attitude of England's media. Uh, partic- particularly the written press, but also the television and radio channels. I mean, they've been they've been as bad, if I'm honest. Um, their attitude throughout this tournament has been one of arrogance and uh, cockiness, um, and and it it was ramped up to the max before that match against Iceland. Um, for those who don't live in this country, they treated Iceland, a country which had finished second in a very difficult qualification campaign. Uh, and then topped their group in the Euros and were going into the match unbeaten. I thought the attitude towards them was uh, appalling, if I'm honest. It, it had all the worst traits of this little Englander mentality that really grinds with everybody outside of England. Uh, they were so, so, so um, insulting, if I'm honest, in, in the terms they used. They, they, they basically looked at Iceland in the same way as they would a San Marino, a Liechtenstein, a, a, an Andorra, that kind of country, thinking that it was just a foregone conclusion that they were going to get through to the quarterfinals and play France. And Iceland, of course, are a team who work very hard, uh, they're very well organised, and they have an extremely effective game plan. Three things which you cannot say about England at all throughout this tournament. Um, I, I thought England were poor in the group stages, I had I thought they were dreadful against Iceland. It it and the one thing that they've that's been obvious well not being obvious, but it, it's appeared every single game at this Euros as if they have not actually seen their opponents play before they take the pitch. They've they've just been caught completely unaware by the tactics of the other team. Even a terrible Russia team managed to get a one all draw against them because England just didn't take the chances and were complacent and then forgot that actually they have a very good head of the ball up front. Um, and, and against Iceland, I mean, they were completely unprepared for the long throw. Um, they, they had no one way of breaking them down. Um, they were outfought in every part of the pitch and Iceland completely deserved it. Um, and it's been great to see, once again, England get this harsh dose of reality um, you, you'd want them to actually learn from their mistakes once in a while, but it's not going to happen. Um, as for Roy Hodgson, no sympathy with him. I thought he was tactically inept in this tournament. So many decisions I did not understand whatsoever. Um, c- clearly failed to motivate the team. Um, and, and his press conference today, as we speak, was just bizarre, where he said basically he didn't know why he was being called back after giving his resignation. And the answer to that is that, yeah, actually, there, there are a lot of questions that need answering. Um, 
and I, you know, it's up to England fans to decide if they've had satisfactory answers to that. But I think it's good for the competition thing going the route. Um, I just hope that the media, who have been just as um, insulting towards Wales, if I'm honest, um, treating us as if we're some kind of second-class nation in this tournament, I really hope that they don't start sort of kissing ass now towards us since we are the last British team in. I would much rather they just leave us alone and just forget that this tournament existed and allowed us to get on with our thing. All right, and getting back to the actual Welsh national team, which I'm sure you enjoy talking about much more. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we already know your opponent. It is Belgium. How are you feeling heading into this one? It's a strange one. We've got a very good recent record against Belgium. We've played them four times. Well, we've 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 had them in both our last two qualifying campaigns uh, for the World Cup in 2014 and uh, the current Euros. Um, so we we've. We've seen plenty of them. Um, we, we're unbeaten on our last three. Um, we had a one-all draw away with them just before they went off to the World Cup, and that was with a massively depleted Welsh side. Um, we then had a nil-nil draw against them in Brussels in the last qualifying campaign, uh, and then that was followed up with a historic one-nil win uh, in Cardiff. So we've we, we've really given Belgium a difficult time whenever we've played them over the last three years. Um, and, and that means that we won't fear them in any way, shape or form. But having said that, I thought Belgium were hugely impressive against Hungary the other night. Um, it was a different kind of performance to any of the performances that we've seen from Belgium under Mark Philmott. They played with a, a real freedom. Um, the players looked to be enjoying playing with each other. They linked very effectively. They attacked with pace, creativity, skill. Eden Hazard was exceptional it's the best performance I've seen from him in a very long time um, I mean even better than he was when he was named Premier League player of the season if I'm honest he, he was that good um, and I don't think Hungary were pushovers I think Hungary were um, okay a bit bit open defensively but but you know they're, they're a tough team uh, well not tough team I should say but they, they do um, you, know, they, you know they did cause Belgian problems but I thought Belgium coped them well and to win that match. 4-0 was very, very impressive and it did send a message. Um, prior to the match, I didn't see Belgium as realistic contenders for the Euros. I certainly do now. Um, and, of course, they have the added advantage that the match has been played in Lille, which is a, a matter of a couple of miles, really, from the Belgian border. So the city is going to be just swamped with Belgians um, no Welsh fans have been able to get tickets really apart from those who had bought them before um, before this the, the round of the last 16 um, all the rest pretty much have been taken up by Belgian fans so the stadium is going to be packed for the Belgians uh, it, it'll be like a home match for them uh, which will definitely make it more difficult for us um, so we've got I think a heck of a challenge ahead of us it's definitely going to be our most difficult game of the year so far Um and I, th I think we're going to need a bit of luck as well as our best performance of the tournament so far if we are going to have any chance of winning it. But, hey, you know what? We've, we've accomplished great things. Who knows? We may, we may just be able to pull it off again. If I had to press you for a result? I'd expect Belgium to win. Um, if I was a neutral watching this, I, I'd say that Belgium probably have a bit too much for this Welsh team. Um, Gareth Bale... 
Joe Allen, Aaron Ramsey, they, they're players who will, you know, create chances for us. But I don't know, the way the Belgian played against Hungary with De Bruyne, especially Azar, um, Lukaku looked better than he has previously in this tournament. And then bringing on the likes of Freher Grasco off, off, off the bench, you know, they've got, they've got so many options. They really have. Um, if they can click the way they did, they they should beat us, if I'm honest. But we're hoping the Belgium get a bit nervous. They were hoping the Belgium revert to type and look like the disjointed grouping of individuals that played against us in the last three games. Um, and if that is the case, then then we can we can steal a win. But Joe, you know what after what we've achieved, um, we we won't complain. Whatever happens, we've had an absolutely great time. Um, you know, it would be a miracle if we got through to the semi-finals, but who knows? You know, dreams have happened already in this tournament. May just happen again. Who knows? <laughs> All right. And any parting thoughts? Um, yeah, like I said, what whatever happens, we've excelled. And actually, parting thoughts. I it's great to see Iceland do really, really well. They're a country that I tipped um, about ten years ago, saying like, "Oh, do you know what? They've got a few good players." coming through, they may actually be able to get a good team together and it's taken this long. But I think it just shows that if you do get a good coach with a good plan there and just a sprint, just a handful of decent players, um, you know, there, there's no reason why any country can't, can't excel. I think Iceland, Northern Ireland, us, we're all small countries in the grand scheme of things. Um, and we, we're just proving what, what can be done you know, never think that you're too small. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out. Uh, why don't you tell the folks where they can find you? Uh, you can find me at Get on Twitter or the Jackcast at the Jackcast. Um, the podcast hasn't been updated since before the Euros because we have all been out in France. And I think two of us are going back out to France over the weekend for the quarterfinal. Um, so don't expect any updates until then at least. Uh, in the meantime, my column is out tomorrow in the Carmarthen Journal for anyone living in West Wales. And that too will be discussing Wales, unsurprisingly. All right. Well, thanks again. Uh, best of luck in the next round. And uh, we hope you keep listening. Mm-hmm.